Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, host of the Blaine Homers and Podcast, part of Sooner Sports Radio on the V-Sporto Network. Obviously a huge game this week, uh, one that Sooner fans have been looking forward to for a long time. The Ohio State Buckeyes come into town. Uh, to take on uh, Oklahoma and what uh, is going to be, you know, easily one of the biggest non-conference games of the year. So, uh, who better than to fill us in on everything that's been going on in Columbus than our good friend Ramsey Nizral of Eleven Warriors? Ramsey, how you doing, man? I'm good. Did you just say who better to bring on to talk about this game than me? Absolutely. I would. <laughs> I I would have. I would have nobody else on t- tonight, Ramsey, than you, buddy. The line forms to the left. <laughs> well, how you been doing, man? Uh, it's uh, it's pretty good. You don't um, you don't open up the first two games of the season with basically having to look at uh, a game program to see who the hell these guys are uh, and, and walk out with 125 points or whatever they scored the first couple weeks and, and giving up no offensive touchdowns. I I did not see that coming. Yeah, that is obviously the first thing really that has stood out to me about this team is just how well the defense is playing. But you also mentioned, you know, so many new faces there. But before we get in the game, actually, one thing I wanted to start off with, uh, Peacekit ran in uh, Bleacher Report magazine this week about uh, Urban Meyer. He really kind of opened up about, you know, kind of what was what was going on with him there at the end of his tenure at Florida, coming over then to Ohio State. I guess, uh, I mean, you know, the, the piece really speaks for itself, but were you surprised that he chose to kind of be that open about everything? Uh, yeah, I, I was surprised. Our beat guys talked to him today with uh, after practice for some of the game prep. And uh, the, the Bleacher Report writer, who did a great job with the story, um, approached him in Chicago at Big Ten Media Days. And, and Urban was probably giving him just like cordial, yeah, fine, whatever, until the writer said, you know what, we could probably, we could probably help some people with this story. And that... You know that that's what what uh, was the tipping point for Urban to participate and really open up into it. I thought they did a good job with it. The one and in full disclosure, the son of a psychiatrist. <laughs> I think I think they blurred on the job anxiety, like job pressure and stress, with mental illness to yeah, a degree yeah. that maybe the layperson didn't really. Those are two different things, um, and I'm sure Urban <laughs> has both. But um, not to get too wonky, but. They, they could have gotten a little bit more clinical just to help the layperson understand the differences between, hey, work is really grinding me and I have clinical depression. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, you know, but uh, no, I thought it was I thought it was a good piece. And uh, yes, yeah, certainly, you know, the kind of thing that uh, was real eye opening, I'm sure, for a lot of people. So, you know, uh, uh, you know, Oklahoma, you know, this this game obviously looked. A lot bigger, uh, you know, before the before Oklahoma lost the season opener to uh, Houston. Uh, so from from I guess from Ohio State fans' perspective, uh, are, are they still as excited about this game as maybe they were before the season started? We just played Tulsa and Bowling Green, man. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Yeah, this is this is one of those where you remember when they scheduled it and you circle it, and for years, like you know, last year they they, they opened at Virginia Tech. 
And I remember being in Blacksburg and be like, hey, man, next next year it's at Oklahoma. That's going to be awesome. And with with a lot of the way that uh, Ohio State has done the scheduling model for itself, it's one marquee and then a couple of respectable uh, you know, middle-tier group of five type of, of, of games. And um, the Oklahoma one specifically has been circled for a while. That's that's historic. That's iconic. And uh, some of us are barely old enough to remember the last time this happened. I'm, I guess I, I've blurred what I've been told about those two games in yeah. the late 70s, early 80s um, with actually remembering. And I can't remember if I actually remember or if it's just yeah. – <laughs> I'm remembering the regurgitation version, but um, it's just going to be cool to see them both on the same field because they don't meet up in bowls. They don't uh, face each other any other time. It's it's this. This is it's been decades. Yeah, and you know, like you mentioned, I mean, these are two programs that always, you know, kind of uh, at least at least try to get one of these big non-conference games uh, on the schedule every year. So it's a uh, pretty exciting, you know, for fans and whatnot. Um, getting into uh, the Buckeyes. The the thing that stands out to me, like like I mentioned earlier, is the defense. I mean, you know, uh, granted, you know, Bowling Green, Tulsa, sure, but I mean, they are functioning. It just seems like at such a high level, they've got playmakers uh, on all three levels. Um, you know, I mean, what I, I guess what has really stood out to you about that side of the ball? They are very young. Uh, there are a couple of things that stand out. One is that uh, they're not all true freshmen. They're they're just new faces that have been around and if you if you keep your finger on the pulse of the guys that have graduated that Ohio State just had you know over a dozen guys going to the NFL and if you still follow them on Twitter and you're keeping tabs on them during Ohio State games um, when someone like Malik Hooker makes a play and no one's ever sees he's now a redshirt sophomore he redshirted and then didn't get on the field last year basically other than special teams you see the players from the past going man now you see what we had to deal with in practice yeah. with this um, and he's finally getting, he does not look like a guy who's about to play in his third game. <laughs> yeah. That's with like extensive reps. You take a look at, uh, just the defensive coaching that Ohio state has, and it makes all the sense in the world that such a green group would be as, as competent as they've looked in the first couple of games this quickly. Greg Schiano uh, is a, just an amazing defensive mind. You can say whatever you want to about his Tampa Bay tenure or how he <laughs> ran, ran, ran a, a pro franchise, but the guy is just an insanely good. Like having him as a defensive coordinator is almost cheating. Um, you got Luke Fickle in there, who was the head coach of the team for. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a great position coach. Larry Johnson coaches the defensive line, and that's almost wholesale turnover uh, with that depth there. So it makes sense that they should be this good. I think we'll we'll see exactly you know where they stand or, or be, have a better idea once once Saturday rolls around. Where would be uh, your biggest questions uh, with this group? I mean, you know, I, I, to me, the secondary is kind of, uh, I mean, that's that's a given. That's a really, really strong unit. I'm wondering maybe the, the defensive line, How I mean, how do you feel about that, the up front, the guys up front? Yeah, it's a good question. The um, the first couple of games against BG and Tulsa, they, they weren't getting much of a pass rush. There weren't a lot of quarterback hurries. There were fewer sacks. And... You, you have this debate, were they playing more of a contained thing where both of those teams are, their offense is predicated on getting the ball off quickly and avoiding those sacks, or do they just have no pass rush? Um, I, I, I find it hard to buy into that they, they it maybe is a combination of both, still figuring out some of the technique with some of these younger guys. Uh, Joey Bosa's younger brother got a sack pretty mm-hmm. as, as soon as he got into the game. Um, 
So with with Mayfield running around on Saturday, I wonder if they're going to be more disruptive in not uh, giving him what, what he's trying to take and seeing if they can't put some shots on him because uh, they really didn't get very many shots on the quarterback in either of the first two games. Um, they're going to be rotating a lot of guys in um, because there there aren't four strong starters like there have been in the, the past couple of years. So uh, you'll see a lot of different numbers. They'll be fresh for a lot of the night, even if it's hot and humid, which I think it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I imagine they won't be <laughs> conceding uh, quarterback plays, and they'll be trying to get some sacks in game three more so than one or two. And then, uh, you know, uh, Urban Meyer mentioned today Dante Booker uh, questionable for the game. What, what kind of impact does that have on uh, the defense, if at all, in your in your opinion? Uh, well, he, he's not one of the senior guys. He's he's kind of rotated in the last uh, couple of years as a junior. He's um, replaced by Joe Berger, who's a walk on. Which in the Urban Meyer era, that you just don't see that. Mm. Uh, it doesn't happen very often. I mean, it's all four and five star guys that. At linebacker, so that's on the weak side. Um, they'll be rotating some guys in, and also Ohio State walks the linebacker up um, from time to time. They also have different formations. Well, they're they have a position called the star, where uh, that linebacker will actually leave the field. So um, I don't know if it's you know a hole that you attack. If it's a weakness, it, it's that would surprise me. I, I don't think it's going to have an enormous impact, and I'm not trying to diminish the kind of player that Dante Booker is. Yeah, no, got it, got it. So, um, I guess another question that I have is, you know, the, the Big Ten is known for as you know more of a, a physical uh, kind of uh, slow it down downhill type of uh, you know conference. Uh, how often uh, does uh, do you feel does, does uh, Ohio State deal with uh, up tempo offenses? And I mean, how do you feel that they've uh, they've handled them in the past? They handle them in practice every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, they don't, they're not a straight, they're not like Oregon, which is this constant tempo. They, they try to keep you off balance. Sometimes they take their time. Uh, sometimes they hurry up and then they slow down again. They, they do a lot of things to, to keep you, uh, on your toes, so to speak. In terms of handling, uh, up-tempo teams, they, uh, it's, with, with Urban at Ohio State starting 50 and 4, that every statistic you throw out about the, like, questions like this is misleading because, they're 50 and four, with, <laughs> um, but uh, they haven't had much difficulty with tempo at all. The the most recent you know strong challenge they've had from a tempo team is Oregon, and Ohio State went 0 for six recovering fumbles in that game and blew them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, then looking at the other side of the ball, uh, you know. Someone was telling, was talking to me the other day, talking about well, you know, this is JT Barrett's a real problem for Oklahoma because Oklahoma has trouble with quarterbacks who extend plays. And I was trying to explain that that's not really Barrett's game, is it? It's not at all. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, it seems like he's. Uh, I mean, he's a great quarterback for Meyer's system, but I mean, most of what he's doing is a re. You know, when he's when he's carrying the ball is a read or you know, I mean, a, a called a call quarterback run. That's the kind of thing where he's scrambling around back in the pocket. No, not at all. He's not. Uh, he's not that slippery. He doesn't have great moves. He's a good runner. He's a. He's a. He's a running. He's. A, he's a mobile quarterback. But to your point, he's. He's not making. He's not extending plays like that. He's really. If you look back to when he made his debut, it was when Braxton Miller went down uh, mm-hmm. before Virginia Tech in 2014. That was a guy who, at quarterback, extended plays by being slippery and and you know making the most of. His athletic ability. When when 
Barrett was introduced in August, kind of a crash course in who, who your quarterback is now, Ohio State fans. It was that he is a distributor. This is a guy who is very smart. He sits in Meyer's system, and he makes decisions. And you know what? Even in his now his third year, you know, he kind of split time with Cardale Jones last year. Mm. But his third year, at least in the first couple of games, he still takes a split second too long to make some of these decisions. And Ohio State's talented enough against those teams. He's gotten away with it. But uh, you see some throws that are just a, a touch late. They're not off. They're not always um, – he did serve up a pick six against Bowling Green, but that had nothing to do with, with being late. It was just an mm. awful. Yeah. Um, he, he's late, and what ends up happening when he's late with throws, they just it's incomplete. It gets broken up. It's not, uh, oh, well, that, that was catastrophic. So uh, Oklahoma having trouble with quarterbacks that extend plays, I don't know if that's relevant to Barrett. That being said, he's really good. So <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, without a doubt, you know. Uh, but you know, it's, it's not the kind of thing where, uh, you know, I mean, for example, I mean, in the past, you know, a guy like Greg Ward, even, uh, you know, first game of the year, I know that they were really concerned obviously about his ability when plays broke down or whatnot. Uh, it seems to me like Barrett, like you mentioned, is kind of a guy who they count on to, uh, make, make decisions more in the confines of the offense rather than trying to create stuff on his own. Right. Um, how do you feel about the, you know, the, the new running backs? I mean, you know, Ezekiel Elliott was a guy who, uh, was really just a you know such a stud for them for so long. Uh, a lot of new faces in the backfield. Yeah, they they now have a bit of a committee with uh, the Zeke position, the the, the the tailback position, being covered by uh, Mike Weber, who is smaller than uh, Zeke and probably more compact, but he seems to be a little bit more powerful. Doesn't have the same kind of speed because I mean Zeke was literally a state track champion that you don't. That's not what Mike Weber was. Mm. Uh, but he's, he seems to have picked up some of the important concepts very quickly. The the role of blocking for, from a running back, he's very good at. He doesn't go down quite as difficult as, uh, as Zeke did. He still gets tripped up by the shoelaces a lot, at least through the first couple of games where he's had high teens carries. Uh, but what makes Ohio State's running game work is that it's not just ISO stuff all the time. It's You have Weber... Uh, Barrett's physical runner as well and then you've got the H-back position which has been a lot of split time but mostly with Curtis Samuel who was a freshman running back sophomore wide receiver and now as a junior uh, he's all over the damn field mm. and the threat of, of Curtis Samuel is part of what opens up plays for for guys like Weber um, and that's really what uh, Ohio State countered Oregon to death with and I'll keep using them because they're on a similar defense to your Sooners mm. but um, Jalen Marshall sprinting by the line uh, and then giving it to Zeke that's that's what they did the entire night they ran like three plays uh, mostly counter stuff mm-hmm. and uh, right now Weber isn't the threat that Zeke is and let's just be real with that but Samuel is every bit of the threat that Jalen Marshall is and probably and Marshall's starting special teams for the Jets now he's, he's already significantly scarier than, than Marshall ever was yeah, you know, and, and you mentioned Marshall. Uh, that was one thing I wanted to get into is the receiving core. Um, you know, they lost a lot of production there, uh, a lot of new faces uh, this year. I mean, how do you feel uh, from what you've seen? Obviously, it's only been two games. But, I mean, how do you feel uh, in terms of how those guys are competing, uh, what they're bringing to the table for uh, the Buckeyes? I think on paper it's amazing, and in reality it's it's a little scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean that's scary as an Ohio State fan, not as, oh, man, they're yeah. scary. Um, the, uh, you know, all the recruiting stars, they, they, 
uh, I'll, I can't imitate, imitate Herb Street very well, but they all pass the look test. They're, they're long, fast, or both. Um, but in terms of the type of signature plays, winning 50-50 balls, getting open, uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've been in Ohio Stadium with those guys running, and they're not just – I mean, there's, there's a standard for getting open. There were guys that could – like Ted Ginn was uncoverable. It was mm-hmm. a matter of, you know, if you're going to underthrow him. <laughs> and there have been guys since then, but these guys are they're they're pretty they're pretty coverable at this point, and uh, it's it's what's happening you know by the chaos of scrimmage that really gets them open more than them getting open with route running. If that makes sense. Like if if uh, they're rolling the pocket one way and Barrett sees something, I mean he's so good at finding the third fourth guy. That's where you might see their. Um, their contribution, but it's not because they're you know blowing cornerbacks away or getting out of double coverage because they're not. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm assuming Samuel is really the guy that is the biggest threat there to uh, to catch the ball easily. Yeah. Okay. Uh, looking at the offensive line, I mean, you know, again, another another spot, a lot of new faces, kind of a theme with this team. But uh, how do you think they've held up so far? Uh, it's so from from right to left. I feel like the right side of the line has been stronger than the left, and it. It makes a lot of sense because the right side of the line <laughs> started some games last year, and yeah. Pat Alphonse a center, and he—it's his first year at center, but he can—I mean, he's—he's he's been there for—he's been there for years. He's, he has so many starts, and he could play every position. So, you know, Isaiah Prince, Billy Price, Pat Alphonse, right side of the line, good. Um, Prince Prince had a couple of gaps on against Tulsa, but uh, Michael Jordan and uh, Jamarco Jones on the left side of the line—I saw them seed more ground. Um, Against Tulsa than than any than the center or the or the right side of the line, so I imagine they're they're tinkering with that, working on some of the footwork that contributed to that. This is Jordan's third college game ever. Uh, yeah, and, he's a true freshman uh, starter. Yeah, yeah, he's he's six seven three ten. Is that how big you were as a college freshman? <laughs> I, I was not that big. <laughs> not quite. No, still not there now. <laughs> um, so physically, yeah, imposing. But dude's seventeen or eighteen. Um, they, you know. Definitely, it's it's a it's something that's going to start to be more cohesive um, with Greg Studara now now coaching them since Ed Warner is more focused on tight ends and play calling after the past few years of being the line coach. But um, they've held up, right? I mean, obviously, it's wider. Everyone's young on that offense except for Barrett. Mm-hmm. So they're they're what are you going to attack? You know, you can you can try to overwhelm the line, and well, that that's that's blowing up some running plays. But Barrett's been good. Samuel's been good. They have made adjustments this year, uh, which is something they didn't do last year. I think last year they got a little arrogant and felt like, you know what, we have the entire NFL draft in our mm-hmm. in our, yeah. our uh, We're just going to be better than you, and that's how we're going to win games. Uh, they they changed up some of the ways that they were trying to get their, their running game concepts against Tulsa after Tulsa basically stunted their way to filling some gaps in. Ohio State changed things up at halftime and just blew them off the field, and I didn't see that last year. They just uh, they won on talent. Until you know, until they lost. So, I don't know what that bodes for the youth of the line because that's a little bit more complicated um, than. Let's, I'll, I'll go back to the Virginia Tech loss from a couple of years ago. They didn't handle uh, Virginia Tech's bare front, that double eagle uh, yeah. concept, well at all. They didn't figure it out the entire game, and then every single team after that tried to do the same thing and failed catastrophically because they were ready for it. So I don't know if, if Oklahoma throws something unique at this line. Um, 
I, it's the, the, the jury's out on if they're going to recover or figure it out uh, against talent like they're going to be seeing uh, before the third, fourth quarter, or, or are they going to end up having Oklahoma as the same cautionary tale that Virginia Tech was for them two years ago? Yeah, it is one of those things where it is such a young team. Uh, you do you do kind of wonder about that. Um, and then I guess, you know, in, in case of a close game, obviously special teams is uh, one thing that, uh, you know, it can uh, certainly uh, sw- swing the balance here. You could always count on the Buckeyes under Trestle to uh, have some fantastic special teams. Uh, what do you think about uh, this this squad? Uh, the the return game always scares me. Jalen Marshall was doing it the last couple of years, and he's either going to bring it back 40 yards or fumble. <laughs> so it's it's a bit of an angina thing. Now they have Dontre Wilson, who is one of those, the light bulb came on his senior year mm-hmm. uh, type of guys. Uh the promise of everything he was supposed to be originally, I think you're starting to see that now. Last year, Ohio State didn't have a field goal over 40 yards, and it's not because they never tried them. I think they, they tried a couple and, and didn't make it, but the field goal kicking is, um, well, on one hand, with Trestle, that was like the heart of the offense. Uh, <laughs> on the other hand, with, with Urban, you know, a field goal is a failure. Um, they, they're trying to score touchdowns. So if it comes down to you know clutch field goals with any kind of distance, uh, that's not an Ohio State advantage. They may hit them in practice. They have a walk-on right now, Tyler Durbin. That's that's at field. He kicked a 62-yarder in practice, and and Urban was like, "What's his name? He should start." Like he, <laughs> he didn't know who he was. Um, Ohio State's punter is very good. He's Australian style and literal Australian, which is kind of the rage now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very good with placement, English on the ball. He can kick for depth, and he can also kick for precision. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for any sort of gaps with Ohio State special teams, um, the reliability of, of fielding punts and and then also the, reliab- the the experience with kicking important field goals, which they haven't done in a long time. And then I guess you know if you've had a chance to watch Oklahoma this year, I mean, just looking at how these two teams match up, I mean, what would be in your mind the uh, the keys to this game? Maybe just give me two or three. The green Ohio State offensive line, uh, a lot of these guys are wearing white jerseys for the first time ever <laughs> yeah. outside of practice. Yeah. Um, going to Norman, which, I mean, it's a very difficult place to play your first game on the road, let alone any game on the road. Uh, and also just how physical and, and, and tenured if the, the Oklahoma defense is uh, and deep. There's redshirt seniors, seniors, juniors. I think you have one sophomore in the front seven. That starts. Yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The entire defensive backfield, seniors are going up against true freshmen, redshirt freshmen, sophomores. Like, there's a there's a lot of potential for sunning <laughs> <laughs> um, when 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 they play play each other. And this is a team that uh, Oklahoma made it to the playoff last year. They have playoff experience. Um, Ohio State fans are like, yeah, we were just in the playoff too. <laughs> that, that team's gone, man. Uh, yeah. These are all different. These are guys that went to Ohio State. During the playoff, they they verbal during the mm-hmm. you know that run. So um, the seniority and the experience issues definitely favor Oklahoma. Where I think it could get interesting is just uh, explosive plays. I got, I didn't get to see the game that you guys had on some like obscure pay per view porn channel last week. <laughs> um, I was able to watch the the Houston game and the susceptibility to explosive big plays. I mean, Houston is Ohio State, like the Diet Coke of Ohio State. Yeah. And you're you're getting the coke this weekend. They they don't like. I mean, they'll they, they'll do nine 
10 play drives and chew up all of four minutes of clock while they score. But they like scoring right away, too. And, you know, that's something they're trying to do. So on one side, you've got seniority and uh, just physical and experience for Oklahoma. But on the other side, Ohio State's trying to score quickly and explicitly. And Oklahoma's shown that they can give up those plays. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, especially the uh, the big plays in the passing game uh, certainly are, are you know, something that Oklahoma's shown has been susceptible to. Real quickly, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Tom Herman, obviously, and, and the Cougars. I mean, how much uh, note sharing do you think that uh, he and Urban Meyer have done this week? They uh, <laughs> there are still players on Ohio State's team that talk to Herman regularly. Yeah, He's, this is his second year in Houston. Um, last year, he they had him on speakerphone in the in the QB room. They, uh, it's, I don't want to get like all syrupy with the family thing, but I mean, there are relationships between the very few seniorish guys that Ohio State still has, the coaches that are still there, and, uh, and Tom Herman. They, that's, uh, that's, that's not a separation that's been clean. They, they've been in cahoots since, since he left. So, um, I imagine they've been talking about what, what they saw against, uh, Oklahoma, what the Cougars saw against Oklahoma. Enough, not uh, over, you know, like every day. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, they, they've gotten a nice requisite scouting report, and I'm sure to re- return the favor, uh, Urban has given him a full rundown of what they saw against Tulsa, since yeah. that's probably the second best team in their conference, or in the, on their side of the conference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, hey, Ramsey, uh, you know, let everybody know where uh, they can uh, find all your work and everything like that. Um, 11warriors.com, all spelled out. Starts with an E, ends with an S. Yeah, it's a uh, fantastic Ohio State site, one of the best out there uh, in depth analysis and uh, great writing, especially from uh, from Ramsey himself, who uh, always brings a real thoughtful perspective to stuff. So, really appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, thanks so much for uh, taking time out to talk uh, Sooners Buckeyes with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Have fun Saturday. You too, man. You too. And thank you all for joining us too for the Blake Nomerson podcast. I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.